nothing that drastic, but you get it. You get it. What I'm saying. Just the over dramatic. Wow. That is an extreme example, my friend. That is. That is. That's what we're. That's what I like to do. Extreme example. All right, welcome in everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me on Twitter at nonsense underscore Steve. Co-host, Mr. Neil Smith at nonsense underscore Neil. Both of us on the Fantasy Life app at Important Nonsense. All one word, easiest, best way to find us, of course, as usual. Just on a shortened week, we wanted to remind you in a quick moment all about the FCC vote coming up this December 14th to call your congressman and protect our net neutrality. Yeah, you wouldn't think something like that on that grandiose of a scale might impact our little humble website and show here, but it actually does. So uh, not just for our selfish reasons, but for litany of good reasons, please call your congressman. The vote's December 14th, so we need to make sure that – and don't just call them once. Call them like once a week until this vote on the 14th if we want to try and make enough noise to get – this whole thing postponed at least but anyway enough of all that uh this week it's also a time for celebration so hopefully you guys have your own ways of enjoying the holiday out there and uh me myself uh me and my good friend kevin we typically live far away from our family i only see them at christmas not thanksgiving so we end up doing a giant rib roast and eat steak for two days so that's what i'm going to be doing and watching football non-traditional but that's what we end up doing hey whatever works for you delicious meats yes we are in the we're in the holiday festivities here i have a uh, normally closed studio today i have my mother here with me i have a lot closest thing to a live studio audience we, we're gonna have so first live show of the series neil it's step moving up in the world yeah there you go yeah exactly audience we have uh <laughs> we'll take it that's our whole uh, audience pretty much so we'll take it uh no, I mean we've been hanging out with the kids all week. We went and saw Santa yesterday. Always love seeing Santa. Uh, went to the National Video Game Museum today. Just a, a sightseeing, enjoying the uh, festivities. Got the Christmas tree good... rocking. So we're getting we're getting full fledged, all uh all ready to uh to gorge ourselves entirely on Thursday. <laughs> so uh yes, American tradition continues here. Real tree or artificial? Uh, artificial. I can't deal with that real nonsense. However, I will. Uh, I'll burn a candle of pine. So. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, pine scented. That'll do. Yeah, I feel like if you got the real tree, you would have been jumping the gun. Like, That's like yeah. a month Wouldn't away. It. It's yeah. gonna be dead. Like, <laughs> care how much water you put it in. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We'll just burn a, a pine candle and uh, put some air fresheners on there, and it'll be fine. It'll be just like we're outside. Perfect. The football preview. Halfback passes to center. Back to wing. Back to center. Center holds it. Holds it. Holds it. No, not that football. Oh, the Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football. News. Good news, everyone. Extra, extra. Read all about it. And stats. <laughs> you need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Week 12. No more bye week issues. Oh, I miss it. Oh, the hashtag. It'll be back. I don't. Well, I know and I know you, you don't miss writing it. And I know you don't miss writing it either. So I don't <laughs> want to hear. That's all fake, people. That's all. He doesn't miss it Just at all. like the tree. All right, yeah, so exactly. first yeah. off the top, Mike McCoy out in Denver is the offensive coordinator. Also, Paxton Lynch takes over as your new starting QB for the Broncos. I warned you. <laughs> I warned you that this was coming. So welcome in, Bill Musgrave. Call the plays. Uh, it can't be worse. Get your together. Again. All together. Louder. Louder. Get your <laughs> together. All over. There you go. It's uh, yeah. together. So there you go. It's Paxton Lynch for the next six games, folks. I hope you. Uh, I hope you weren't. Cannot win on. with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're out to prove. Uh. Meanwhile, Aaron Jones was arrested. Of course, the arrest happened back on October first, the night before his first start for the Packers. You gotta love that. 
I mean, that's pff, DUI for party possession. Too hard. Yeah. Party, party too hard. Party too hard, man. Before your first NFL start, you got to love it. So he's still out another two to five weeks with his MCL sprain. For me, I think it just clouds his whole future the rest of the year. He may, I mean, they may just bench him voluntarily because of this as a result, even if he is ready to come back. So in my eyes, at least, it's uh, he's completely droppable if you need the roster space. Probably. I mean, if what are the odds they draft another running back? You know what I mean? Right. They might Fairly have a decent, good, probably. They might have a decent pick, or they might wait. I mean, I, I imagine that that's probably in the cards for Green Bay. Is I wouldn't think they'd take an early one, but, I mean, sure, fourth round. Somewhere. They tend to I mean, do bolster the, the roster. I see them doing it. I mean, and then you just keep Jamal Williams, and right. he hasn't been great, but... He's still you know, young. He's... he's He's a he's rookie. So you see what you got there. He's also, yeah. he's also not going to be suspended by the league, <laughs> which is what Aaron Jones is going to get, and that's the real question because the Packers, as we know, don't tolerate that. Yeah, it's actually more of a testament to him that he wasn't cut immediately. Think about that. If they didn't I cut think it's him more because uh, he's injured right now. So I think if he were to oh, get cut enough. and fail a physical, yeah, they got to pay him all of his money. Gotta pay him. Gotta pay him. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's easier just to keep him around. And... Yep. Keep all that extra cheese in the pockets. Meanwhile, roster moves. Speaking of cuts, Bears cut Connor Barth to sign Cairo Santos. We know he's so great. Why, Kyle? <laughs> Why? Why? What? What is this? Like some sort of sick joke? <laughs> moves that are actually relevant, however, in the NFL. Uh, the Cardinals got rid of Andre Ellington, which we had a good giggle about until the Texans picked him up, and then all of a sudden, that well, now yeah, Andre, well, Andre Ellington's more relevant than he was This was going to be a Arizona. joke, by the way, where we were just going to be like, and you could finally finish cut, everyone could just finish cutting Andre Ellington off their roster. But wait, now he has a job. <laughs> so, yeah, with, I mean, Alfred Blue has been the solid backup there for a while. He got supplanted by Donta Foreman, but now Foreman, done for the year, because of that Achilles burst, and you knew it when it happened too. That sucked because happened on a touchdown, his second of the game, and instead of getting able to to get up and celebrate, he's just collapsed in the end zone. That was ugh, that was that was tough to watch. But he's done for the year. Alfred Blue has been in and out of the active roster, dealing with his own issues. So, I mean, Andre Hillington may be the guy you want. As crazy as that sounds, right? The handcuff there because he's clearly going to be the third down guy. That's the whole point. With, that Foreman has been, it's it's something that they love to do in that Houston offense. So I think I Andre Ellington is actually owned I don't know that I love it for this week, I will say, because I don't know that he's going to play a whole lot this week potentially. Given right, because that... it's not like the Peterson thing or the Ajayi thing that we've talked about in the past where it's, he's a running back, so you run left, you run right. It's all you have to do. There's nothing to pick up. He's the pass catcher, so... Yeah. He's going to have to actually learn routes in the playbook before he can He has to learn the new pass protections for when he's going to be out there to prevent Tom Savage's death because yeah. that's always oncoming, given that line. So yeah, you got exactly. to have you, you got to prove that you can chip block for him because he needs all the help he can get or you're just going to be, what is it, T.J. Yates? No one wants yeah. that. <laughs> Especially T.J. Yates, yeah. Meanwhile... The debate about Captain Kirk, I thought it was an interesting one, which is why I brought it up here. Got a lot of noise on the Fantasy Life app. Look, Ben Roethlisberger, of course, had a good Thursday, and I didn't buy into it, so I take all the blame for that, for saying, you know, <laughs> steer clear of Big Ben, and then he goes off. Because who would have known on a Thursday night he could go crazy? But again, everyone that wants to say, oh, well, he's back, he's a top ten guy, I don't see that. And nobody wants to buy into Cousins and say it's real, but look, he's QB number four right now. He had his hardest three matchups of the season these past three weeks at Seattle, home against Minnesota, and then at New Orleans in the Superdome. And during that stretch, he was QB two behind only Russell Wilson, who's just running for his life on a weekly basis. So now, after his three toughest games, he has the sixth easiest schedule in the NFL the rest of the season. And, I mean, we I already mentioned Russell Wilson. Is there any QB out there right now you would want more than Captain Kirk? Uh, Tom Brady is probably the list. Because right. you, you could make the argument that maybe Kirk Cousins could outscore Tom Brady for the rest of the season. It's just I don't you know like that he's going to be able to. You like that! Possibly. <laughs> 
it's just it's just a question of could he catch Tom Brady if you add in the production that's already gone for the first half of the season? And I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. Because it's, it's look, the, the Pat schedule is, is not sure. great, but there, you're also Yeah, I mean, to put it in perspective for, uh, for the people not looking at it right now, Russell Wilson is number one at 239 in terms of points. Tom Brady and Carson Wentz both have 215. Cousins is fourth at 207. Right. And so that's so the, you said the other name. points that you... back of, uh, of Wentz and Brady. And then Wilson right. is a good 32 points ahead of him. And you just said the other name that's effectively on the list, which is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, yeah. Because and Wentz Carson is Wentz interesting because of all the uh, the weapons. Yes, and he's a must-start at this point, I feel like. It's matchup, yeah. just you got to go with it. I and mean, they're so It's the same thing where he's matchup-proof, where it's, it's just every go. week. Yeah. He's had his toughest Brady. matchups already, and it's just he, he's already pounded through them, whereas Brady hasn't even hit the hard part of his schedule yet. Yeah. But Brady right now, you're guaranteed a 20. And that's part of the stability that has come with Tom Brady yeah. at this point. And I feel like even though he's got to play the quote-unquote the harder part of his schedule, uh-huh. okay, he's going to play the Bills twice, Miami twice, the Jets. I mean, these are these are things he typically tears apart, even though they're quote-unquote not great matchups. I mean, there's the Steeler game that worries you, potentially, but sure. really, are you that concerned about him going toe-to-toe with his division? That's the thing that he has done with great success over time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'd be no. more worried about it if it was other people. But for this, it's like, but I've watched him pick his teeth with the Bills so many times that it's it just they just get annihilated. And frankly, they they better be rolling Tyrod Taylor. I don't know what they're thinking, but the you know that's a whole separate thing. So it's it's Brady, and then you could really make an argument for any of the three, two, three, four in whatever order you feel like you want it, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, or however you want those. Yeah. But then, honestly, doesn't it go off a cliff, like we were talking about after that, kind of? Yeah, the next in line is Cam Newton, and then Alex Smith, Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford, Drew Brees, Jared Goff. It gets ugly. Yeah, so that's kind of the tier, is like those four guys. Right. So at this point, especially given how their schedules shake out. And Russell Wilson has to run for his life, like you were saying, every every day and that just sure. generates points because yeah. he's pretty good at it yeah so again the, the whole point i was trying to make was if it, if you still have trades available and kirk cousins is being shopped by someone who's not paying attention or or maybe somebody that's fallen out of the playoff contention and you're looking for a rest of the season qb i mean that's certainly not a crazy move for you to make whereas i've seen people going out and saying oh what do i have to overpay to get roethlisberger nothing please don't stop doing yeah, that i would i wouldn't do that yeah, At some just... point, he's going to have to do this thing called playing a road game <laughs> in a tough now environment, that, and that, yeah, that's uh, going to be challenging. Road games are, are no no bueno for him. We already know that. How What works to his favor is he only has two left the rest of the year. That's kind of the argument everybody's making. Is okay. uh, Next week, he's on the road in Cincinnati, and then week 16 on the road in Houston, which is a great matchup for him, yeah. even though it's on the road. But then he's got four home games, so yeah. Well, I don't know, but I, I just uh, I still don't buy it. I believe it. I, I have it. a I have a hard time pitching my wagon to that to that star because it just uh, people are, I feel like are forgetting that this is the same guy who we couldn't tell if he was going to retire. Yeah. Like, it just I mean I get it. You milk it for all it's worth, and if he's playing games, sure. But I just people are are so into it that I'm I'm kind of concerned. Whereas I feel like people hate Carson Wentz for whatever reason still, and I'm just yeah. trying to reconcile yeah. Yeah, Cousins how that works. Because they just hate him, and I'm like, why do you hate him like, when he just gives you points? And people keep wanting to give me the Roethlisberger at home argument, and I said, well, how did that work for Jacksonville? We threw five picks at home. They're not, they're not invincible at home. It's so. just people tend to overvalue it because the splits are real for once. Yeah. It's 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 tricky for that one, but no, I completely agree with the general premise, which is if some if somebody is not paying attention or if somebody just doesn't believe that Kirk Cousins is you know worth holding on to, I'm sure there's at least one or two people out there that are that nuts that, that you know and that you can pick him up. I mean, you might as well, especially if you're QB if you have QB issues like all those people that have Aaron Rodgers that may have actually constructed a team around it and just right. need a quarterback replacement to go to the playoffs. I'm sure those people exist too. Yeah, or hell, if if you could trade, do something like a Roethlisberger for Cousins deal with like a yeah, piece might, thrown I'm, in or something. I might be interested in that. You know what I mean? yeah. like if somebody's high on the guy you've got and you want to dump him, 
then I could totally I'm just so concerned. That. I'm much more concerned also with the Roethlisberger injury than I am with any of the other one injuries, potentially. Yeah, that's another good point that you bring up there about uh about good old Big Ben, is when's the last time he actually played a full season? I mean, that's he my ha- whole thing on it at this point. He hasn't old. missed a game yet, and he hasn't played a full season since 2014. Yeah, there you go. So, sounds about right. He he's always good for he's like Jay Cutler he's always good for a couple missed games here and there. Yeah, so I'm just waiting for when that eventually happens because look the Titans were never going to be able to hang in that game because their defense is so bad. Right. So I feel like people are like, oh, they're for real, and it's like, well, what did you think the Titans were? Right. That's been my whole issue with that game is people are like, oh, but the Titans are a good team, and I'm like, no, the Titans' record is good. They're not that good of a team. Yeah, the defense has been atrocious they, all year. The, the defense is horrendous. If you can have that defense play against real teams, they're going to get annihilated. But because the AFC is so bad, they can get away with having that horrible defense. Yeah. And they don't score enough points to have a defense that's that bad no. right now either is the problem. So they're, you're, if, like, if you had to play the Saints, they'd get annihilated. So, so all, all I'm saying is don't necessarily agree with the idea of hitching my entire fantasy playoffs to Big Ben. Sure. If I was going to get involved in some sort of trade, that – yeah, that would not be the way to go. I feel like that is playing with fire at the highest level, because then you're going to watch Ben Roethlisberger get injured, and then suddenly Antonio Brown is tanking. Yeah. Get more out of your fantasy season with PFF's exclusive player grades and performance data. PFF grades every player from every game on every team. Dive deep into your fandom and follow your team on Pro Football Focus for exclusive team stats and NFL team rankings. Listeners to our podcast can get $10 off a PFF Edge or Elite subscription by simply going to importantnonsense.com slash PFF. Once again, that's importantnonsense.com slash PFF to save $10 on your subscription today. All right, pigskin pick them. Standings, Matt, once again, continues to not set lineups. And it's just helping us all out. We're all appreciating it. So he's sitting at 69 and 5th. Kevin in 4th with 85. Brian at 93 and 3rd. I uh, opened up a little bit of space there. Gapped him out a little bit. Up to 97. You are at 107. Just running away with this thing. I'm, uh, I'm running out of time to try to catch you. So Thursday, of course, well, Thanksgiving, we... we have the uh, the trifecta, as always. First, Minnesota at Detroit. Look, Adam Thielen's just been a monster. I mean, what a, what a good turnaround he's had this year. I remember last year when I had him and cut him and just didn't want him. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that was a good two weeks, and then cut him free, and then, and then he's just wrecked ever since then, just on a weekly basis. So, uh, yeah, brutal. But Case Keenum, he's earned the right to keep that starting job. It's... It's so disappointing for him that he has to keep going up there and answering the question every week of, hey, do you still have this job or not? <laughs> right. But apparently uh, he still has it for at least this week. And, and while the Lions can give him a tough division battle, I'm going to take the Vikings rolling on the road. No, that's absolutely right. Yeah, because the Vikings are going to go back to Keenum after what was a statement win against the Rams last week. And... I don't see how you can take him out unless he loses the game or gets hurt at this point, like right. blows up a game, completely fails. So, uh, But the Vikings should be able to make the Lions go completely away from running the ball, I would think. And if they can make the Lions go completely one-dimensional, then the Vikings are going to crush them on Thanksgiving. So I'm taking the Vikings. Give me the horn. Mid-afternoon, Chargers going to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. The wheels have completely fallen off in Dallas. I mean, the you mentioned to me earlier the, the whole offensive line issues, all that stuff. Meanwhile, the Chargers are playing great football of late. They're in the playoff hunt in that pathetic AFC. So, I mean, the game means way more to them. So, yeah, Chargers rocking on the road. I'm just sad that the AFC is, is so bad that... You might be right about the Chargers going to the playoffs. Yeah, I said the Chargers were going to backdoor into the playoffs. I never imagined it would be eight and eight. Good. (laughs) Yeah, it just it's weird that that's somehow (laughs) possibly going to happen here. But yeah. Oh, by the way, the public is just all over the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I just don't understand what you were watching (laughs) because the Cowboys, if you haven't noticed, are missing their starting running back. This dude named Ezekiel Elliott. Never heard of him. People, you know. 
exactly. You know, and their left tackle, and that's actually arguably the bigger problem. Yes, because they can't run the ball, and now they're just getting killed coming over the left side, and it's I don't see it getting any better against the Chargers team that seems to be figuring themselves out, and I like the Chargers on the road on Thanksgiving, and I also like. Melvin Ingram to introduce himself to Dak Prescott a couple times in that game. All right, the night game. While you're trying to digest your food, Giants going to Washington to take on the Redskins. Look, we always say the division games get closer than they really should. And last year, the at the time, bad Eagles surprised the, at the time, good Giants on a Thursday night. Now, the New York Giants are the underdog in this situation. So, you know, role reversal. They look last week, they shocked the Chiefs. Uh, the Skins blew a late lead. I mean, momentum would seem to favor me taking the Giants here on the road, right? No, I can't do that. That's impossible. Look, the key in that whole statement before was that the Redskins blew a late lead against the Saints. They were dominating the hottest team in football on the road before they just gave the game away. So, at home against a familiar foe, they won't get caught off guard again. Not to mention all that Kirk Cousins love we just threw at you for the rest of the season. So, uh, yeah, Redskins at home. Watch the Giants win this game. <laughs> Watch it happen. Watch the Giants win this game for no reason. No reason. None. None. It's just none. Other than it's a division game and people are trying to not get fired. <laughs> but, honestly, I'm thinking we're going to see the good version of the R's in prime time on Thanksgiving here. Probably no read, and God help us, Maje Piran is your only functioning running back. So that makes you a little bit nervous, but uh, I think what you pointed out is definitely the, the crux of the whole of the whole thing, which is at some point the Giants would need to be like leading that game early. <laughs> That's probably not going to happen, and the Giants definitely don't have the Saints' firepower to be able to come back being down like that. So if Washington gets out like that, kind of lead the game's over. Sunday, Tampa Bay going to Atlanta, another division matchup. Tampa Bay is a better team than Miami. We found that out last week, and that's not saying much. The Falcons may still be a shell of the team they were last year, but they'll still find a way to overmatch this uh, this woeful Bucks team. So Falcons at home. Yeah, I mean, the Falcons have been kind of figuring it out over the last couple outings. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the terrible, terrible Tampa Bay defense. I mean, don't let that the fact that they somehow managed to beat Miami fool you. That's the whole thing that's a problem with Miami. <laughs> They're still really bad, and the Falcons should win this one in what I think is just going to be a blowout. Buffalo going to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. Ah, the battle of two teams that can't decide who they are. Bills who <laughs> forgot how to play defense and can't get out of their own way on offense. Chiefs doing what they always do. And fading from their early success. Which, by the way, reminds me. Remember when Kareem Hunt had those three huge games? The start of his career. And I was saying, don't buy it. He's an RB2 the rest of the season. Remember? Because since then, he's RB14. So where, yep. where's all my Hunt truthers? Where you at? <laughs> where were you defending well, them now? Yeah, exactly. They're out of the playoffs is where they are now. I mean, that's, that's if you want to know where they are, they're over there. Now I'm seeing people like, oh, man, should I trade Kareem Hunt and A.J. Green to try to get some Maje Piran because I'm desperate for a running back help. Nothing that drastic, <laughs> but you get it. You get it, what I'm saying. Just <laughs> the overdramatic. Wow. That is an extreme example, my friend. That is that is. That's what we're. That's what I like to do. Extreme examples. But look, anyway, back on track. Either team can win this horrible, horrible game. But I will take the team that actually knows who they're starting at QB. And unfortunately, that is reluctantly Kansas City. There you go. As you just said, Buffalo still yet to announce a starting quarterback. I don't know how <laughs> you could go back to Peterman. I have no idea how you could go back to that well. But also. You've pretty much shattered his confidence at this point. So what? You're gonna just get rid? You hate Tyrod? You gotta have to figure that out, Buffalo. That's a that's a big problem. And even with KC just looking brutal the last few weeks, I think they're gonna get it together here. And I think as much for as much crap as you just talked about Kareem Hunt, <laughs> he actually might have a nice game here because Buffalo's run defense is, is atrocious. Yeah. Look, so I mean, this this actually might be your game too. If you still if your trade deadline goes beyond this, 
Maybe this is your sell high. Yeah. Off Kareem Hunt. Yeah, that would be the you just window. Take your twenty and get rid of it right there. And look, hot potato that right out. To defend the kid, okay, he did complete eleven of his fourteen passes. Five of them were to the other team, but still, he completed eleven of his fourteen passes. Somebody caught eleven of his fourteen. Pa- so you got it. Silver linings, Buffalo. Silver linings. Yeah, yeah. Silver linings. Chicago going to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. My wish is that Philly will just pick a running back and stick to it. I mean, stop trying to be the Patriots. Although that's exactly what they are trying to do. So I understand it's a pipe dream what I'm asking here. But look, Jay Ajayi is still the guy you want. And after that, I would say it's Corey Clement, who's probably the handcuff at this point. And there are still people out there, believe it or not, that want to argue with me about LeGarrett Blunt. Consider this fact. He has 24.5 points in his last four games. Jay Ajayi has 25.8 in his two games with the Eagles, and he saw limited snaps in the first game. So don't don't try to come at me with your LeGarrette Blunt arguments, okay? Just stop it. He's Stop. <laughs> so start your Bears running back. He's backs. not going to magically fall into the end zone 16 no. times no. over the next six weeks, people. Okay? It's not going to happen. That That dream is dead. And we, by the way, if you actually listen to this show, we warned you to not take LeGarrette Blunt. Okay, so get off my lawn with LeGarrette Blunt. Okay, I have told you a million times that LeGarrette Blunt, the minute he leaves the Patriots locker room, he magically gains thirty pounds every time. It's it's a mystery to science. No one knows, but that's what happens. Yeah. And for fantasy purposes, you just don't want it, and I'm tired of hearing about it. I'd rather Corey Clement. That's what I said. Yeah. Check out the waiver column. There you go. Yeah. That's the handcuff you want. So start your Bears running backs. Start every Eagle you've got not named LeGarrette Blunt, and Eagles win. And as much as Chicago has been better than advertised, this one is going to get ugly in a hurry. Start your Eagles. Give me Philly at home. And by the way, this is not a bad time to go roster Chicago's defense because you don't want them for this week, but they'll be cheap this week. And if you go... Few weeks down, they've got three really excellent matchups for you, and they are still a top ten defense. So there you go, food for thought. Yes, certainly. If you're if you're looking ahead for streaming D, that is certainly a point well taken. You know what was coming, Neil? Cleveland, Cincinnati, battle for Ohio. (laughs) Tickle fight of the week. Cleveland has been strong. Most correct use against the run. And they've also been strong against wide receivers. I mean, wide receivers and RBs both not putting up a ton of points against them. And yet QBs tend to do okay because tight end. Come on, people. We say it all the time. This is a go-to. This is a crutch argument. So we fall back on this constantly. The Tyler Croft against the Browns. Any tight end against the Browns. Tyler Croft, if you're looking for someone this weekend for a, a boom at tight end for streamer. His production should clearly be enough to propel the Bengals in a close division game because they're that bad as well. Yeah, I mean, look, the Bengals managed to scratch and claw one out last week against the Broncos. You see what I did there? (laughs) I got it. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, But they are still terrible. But it doesn't matter here. (laughs) The Browns at home. So start your Bengals. Give me Cincy at home. And I would say maybe if you're going to do anything, maybe you temper expectations for Joe Mixon a little bit because Cleveland has actually been surprisingly good against the run. So I actually kind of like A.J. Green to just go off. And then as we keep saying, pounding the table for Tyler Croft, he is in the waiver wire column. Tyler Croft, only 44% owned. If you need help at tight end, I know he's got a hand injury. I We think he's going to play. It's a little early, but we think he's going to play. Go get him because I feel like that's a 10 even in standard. Absolutely. Tennessee going to Indy, taking on the Colts, runner-up for Tickle Fight. I mean, it was close. Look, the Colts gave them a run for their money on Monday Night Football the last time they played, and we saw how bad Tennessee looked on Thursday. Now, clearly, the Colts are not the Steelers' offense. I'm By no stretch am I trying to say that. And while I feel the Titans are better than they showed, the Colts off the bye are going to be my sleeper pick here. And if you want one more note on this, Keep in mind that the game before the uh, they demolished the Titans, the Steelers played the Colts in Indy and almost choked that game away. 
So just just remember that one, people. <laughs> they literally similar competition, similar situation, and one of them got destroyed, and it was not the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> this this is a game Indy could win. Yeah, and I guarantee this game's going to turn into a shootout. And it's just <sighs> this is my least confident pick of the week. Like this is the hardest one I wrestled with all week, and I'm taking the Titans on the road. I realize Indy's coming off the bye, but Indy's defense is so horrendous at this point. Sure. It it the, this is a game that Tennessee also kind of really needs to win. So I don't feel great about it, but I am going to roll the Titans here. So we'll split this one down. All right. Miami going to New England to take on the Patriots. Matt Moore was clearly more effective at quarterback. See what I did there? More effective. <laughs> Offense. Yeah, I see. Just it. moved better and responded better to what he was doing and out there on the field. It's obviously, you know, the familiarity with him being there last season in a couple of years now with them, uh, those players out there. So I don't know. For whatever reason, he's got a better hold on the locker room than Jay Cutler or Adam Gase. I don't know what it is, but whatever. It's probably best case scenario if Cutler misses this one. We'll see. Either way, though, I'm going to take the Pats as they have just found their groove and are, uh, they, they, they are dominating teams now defensively as well as offensively. Pats at home, and we'll move it on. There's no notes in this, this debacle. Carolina going to New York to take on the Jets. Of all the games on the schedule this week, this one feels like the biggest trap game of them all. The Jets have played well with their linebackers and D-line on defense, which is why they tend to shut down opposing tight ends and running backs which is pretty much everything Carolina does. All right, you can hit plays down the field to wide receivers, but who's he throwing it to? Can his shoulder even throw it deep anymore? These are all questions that Cam Newton has to answer, and I don't know if he has an answer for it. So this this has ugly football game written all over it, and it's, it's going to be brutal to watch, but I'm going to go back to my home road splits for the Jets from earlier in the year when they seem to be a different team at home and in a close, disgustingly ugly game, I am taking the Jets. First of all, I love that pick because it's ballsy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is ballsy. That is a ballsy choice, my friend. I know. Both teams coming off the bye to face each other in this one. And this is going to be one of the toughest tests for the Jets at home. And they've been a really nice story. But honestly, I think the Panthers are going to prove to just be too much to handle. And they're just going to turn the ball over too many times. And also, I think they're going to try and feed the ball to the Funchies early and often. And if they get that going, then they're just going to overwhelm the Jets, potentially. It's it's what receiver can step up. And I think the most likely candidate is Funchies, who had a really nice game going into the bye. And seems like he's... I mean, who's going to be covering him the whole day? I mean, they might just triple cover him, but then at some point, somebody's going to be open. So, like, because no more Curtis Samuel, that hurts this. Yeah. But I still believe that the Panthers have this one uh, on the road. Late Sunday, Seattle going to San Francisco. Wow, speaking of ugly football, oh, my God. We all know the biggest weakness for the Niners is their run game. The best running back on Seattle, however, also happens to throw the ball and lines up under center. So it'll be a big day for Russell Wilson, both through the air and on the ground. Give me the Hawks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even though Seattle is looking poor, they're not anywhere near as poor as the 49ers. <laughs> so give me Seattle on the road in what should be a get-right game for them. Denver going to Oakland in what used to be a great AFC game. Both teams look lost. As if we needed further proof, the Broncos will have a new offensive coordinator planning against the Raiders' new defensive coordinator. That's the state of this game right now. That is the state of this rivalry at this point. So on top of all that, you add in a new QB for the Broncos. It's just, this is going to be sloppy, and no one's going to know what the hell's going on out there. Just give give me the Raiders in a game I hope they never show. Just give me the box score at the end of it. Oh, hey, there was a game. Remember when this game used to be a circle on the schedule? I remember that. Unfortunately, the Broncos are just self-destructing, and they're now fully infighting with each other, which is great. That's always a great... Thanks, Elway. It's a great way to unite your boys, taking shots at them at a dinner for rich people. That's a, that's a good idea. 
So, yeah, give me the Raiders on the road, despite how bad that they have looked. New Orleans going to L.A. to take on the Rams. The Redskins nearly stole one from the Saints in New Orleans last week, and the Rams lost a tough game to the Vikings on the road. So now the roles have reversed. It's a heavyweight matchup at the top of the NFC, and instead of being on the road, Rams are at home. Instead of being at home, Saints are now on the road. So the Saints, they they showed that they can be beaten. Uh, However, the Redskins lack the defense to finish the job. That's not a problem for L.A. In what should be a really great game and a potential playoff preview, I'm going to take the Rams holding serve at home. Yeah, I mean, this is game of the week, right? Probably. Yeah, it has to be. Game of the week. Yeah, it's not I mean, even this close. one is going to be yeah. fun to watch. Like, really fun. So just two red hot and also just super balanced teams at this point. So I'm giving the edge to the Saints in this one, but I would not be shocked at all if the Rams walked away with it at home. But Here's the upside. Start all your Saints and your Rams. Don't start the defenses and get your popcorn ready. And we'll split this one as well because I'm going to take the Saints at a small margin on the road. Jacksonville going to Arizona. Neil, this this hurt me physically. I saw that and I wanted <laughs> the public thinks so little of Blake Bortles and hates this defense run and run game strategy that the Jags have. They hate it so much, 22% of the public is on the Cardinals. One in four people is picking Blaine Gabbert or Drew Stanton, throwing it at Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye all day. Stop it. Just just stop. Just walk away. Just stop it. Jacksonville. I mean, I just don't see how the Jags D doesn't, doesn't win this game. It's, it's just the Jags D. Yeah. They're going to win this game. I mean... The cards are just too beat up. I mean, could you imagine if this game was at full strength? It would be a whole lot more interesting. Yeah. David Johnson and, and all that. Yeah. So, but yeah, we may get Gabbard again, who I'll give him credit. Yo, Gabbard, Gabbard. He did look pretty good last week. But this is a real test now with Jalen Ramsey <laughs> and AJ Poirier. And I just don't, I don't see how it's possible that Jacksonville's defense doesn't win this game for them. So Jags on the road. And for the love of God, that's one of the only afternoon games, people. Pray that you can just watch the Saints and the Rams. Exactly. Just pray, yeah. because that's the only game in the in the late slate that is worth anything from a from a from a viewership. I'm angle. hoping that's that it. Scott Hansen shows me a lot of commercials that he's not supposed to, so I don't have to cut <laughs> over to Jacksonville, Arizona, or over to Broncos Raiders, because that's just brutal. Sunday night football, Green Bay going to Pittsburgh. Hey, remember when I said at the beginning of the year that the only difference between the Packers and a below-average team is three to four Aaron Rodgers' miracles a season? Well, here we are. <laughs> the time has come. And in prime time, Steelers. Oh, yeah, it's continuing on in the tradition of pathetic primetime <laughs> games from the NFL this year. We talked about that. We were actually compiling stats off air because that's what we do. Yeah. And... What was the, the actual number, Steve? It was something along the order of 90-something of the Monday night games have been uncompetitive. Yeah, 90% of the games on Monday night football have been blowouts, more than two-score we'll victories. There. We'll get there in a moment, but Sunday night's not far behind. Yeah. So, And here we go. So the tradition of pathetic primetime games from the NFL rambles on. We present the Packers versus the Steelers. And in the preseason, this looked like a great idea. <laughs> but instead, give me the Steelers in an absolute rout. Monday Night Football, Houston going to Baltimore. Last week I had the Ravens winning in Lambeau because the Packers' O has been hot trash without Rodgers. And, I mean, that has not been the case for Houston. DeAndre Hopkins continues to get force-fed the ball, so you have to continue to put him out there every week. And against all odds, they've actually run the ball well. Even after trading Dwayne Brown and after Watson's injury, they're still sixth in the league in rushing. So the Ravens can only seem to move the ball on the ground, and that's the strength of the Texans' defense. So it's literally strength on strength there, and in the end it'll come down to the Texans' offense putting up more points with their playmakers than the Ravens, and I think that's exactly what happens in a close game. Yeah, I referenced my above argument about pathetic primetime games. 
And man, this one could have been fun if Hudson was playing. But instead, I think, honestly, I think we're going to get Tom Savage running for his life on Monday night. So I honestly believe the Ravens defense is going to be a little bit too much for the Texans. But it is going to be a close game, and there's also going to be quite a bit of turnovers, and I think it's going to be an ugly game. And incidentally, though, uh, to your point about them being good on the ground, that's why I think actually Danny Woodhead could be a sneaky, nice play here. One week back off the injury, mm. they're going to need to move the ball on the ground because that's what they do. Right. And I think I think that's going to be how they're going to attempt to do that. Sure. What ha- what works from Danny Woodhead's favor is the fact that yes, he's technically a running back, but he's their pass catcher, and the pass catching against the Texans is their biggest flaw. It's their biggest weakness. So by no means do I believe that Joe Flacco and Mike Wallace are going to come out and light up the exactly. Houston secondary, which now that I've said it is exactly what will happen. But <laughs> <laughs> they try to move back. the ball on Mike the ground, <laughs> and I think just hitting Danny Woodhead up the field a little bit and uh, having him run free is kind of their uh, their best chance at offense in this I game. I think that's going to be their actual game plan. I'm not kidding. Like I think that's part of the game plan for this, is because it's always part of their game plan to some level. But I think that they're if they're paying attention, I think they're probably going to realize like that's probably our best way to attack when it's like second and medium, third and whatever. Like there's a good chance that I think you're going to see a lot of dump offs and screens to the running backs, and it might not be all Danny Woodhead because you know they may not trust him with the full load, but. He was out there and he was involved last week. He almost caught that touchdown. So, I mean, they're, they're, they were not afraid to throw it to Danny Woodhead when he was out there at all. They're, so, um, I'm, we've been pounding the table on the waiver column for him, and he's just over 50% owned, so there's a decent chance that he might still be lingering out there on the waiver wire. All right. Well, that is it for the NFL this week. we got to get into the Golden League ton to cover, so stick around for the oh, Golden League. Oh, boy. Here we go. And now for something completely different. It's time for the Golden League update. I love gold. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Alright, the field is set, Neil. David was able to triumph over Kevin, but in the end, as I said, came down to your game. Our game of the week. Neil, like a fireman in a burning building, put Kevin on his back <laughs> and carried him into the playoffs with a win over Paul. Oh, fact. Yeah, so some, uh, some quick hitters, some final notes on the regular season. First and foremost, the tradition lives on. Kevin became the 16th team in league history to finish 6-5, and five, and all 16 teams have made the playoffs. So that the get-to-six wins still lives. For McCarthy, it's his second straight trip to the playoffs. This is his 14th season in the league and the first time he's ever been able to accomplish back-to-back playoff trips. So kudos. Hey, kudos there to you Kevin. go. Well done. On the other end of that spectrum, however, Paul, tough luck loss, falls to 5-6, and six, finished the season with 1,373.9 points, which is uh, second highest in the league and missed the playoffs. It was the second highest point total in league history of a team missing yep. the playoffs. That mark, of course, set last year by Brian, who scored 14-35. If that wasn't bad enough for him, remember at one point he was 4-2, and two, needing just two wins the rest of the way. And again, had he finished 6-5, and five, we know now he definitely would have been in. He finished 1-4. and four in his last five games. And uh, remember, one of those four losses was to Matt, who was 0-9 yeah, at the, the time. He, who put up the high point total of the year yeah. in that game. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> <Those two> wins. <laughs> he was also our last unbeaten team at 3-0. and It marks just the third time ever that a team has started 3-0 and and missed the playoffs, and the first since Justin Curry-Lew back in 2011. So... Man. Yeah, wrong side of history on a lot of these stats for Paul. It was a good season for him in his comeback, but uh, just in the end, lost those final two games of the year, and that, that crushed him. The the Matt loss, I think, more than anything, is really what caught He put up that, 145 yeah, points, I know, and it was Matt still 40 points left. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Matt goes from scoring 80 points to setting the league high mark for the regular season this yeah. year comfortably by like a solid 10 points. It just, I mean, 
But Neil, you got your sixth consecutive playoff berth. Congratulations to you. Ties you for Thank the you. second longest playoff Thank appearance you. streak. As we said earlier, uh, David Flynn makes it two for two on playoff appearances now. He's made it both of his initial seasons. Steve Flynn Sr. along those same lines, eight out of his first ten. So an impressive streak for him continues. Again, still at least five victories in every season he has been a part of. And then the only drama at the top of the leaderboard really was if I would win to claim the top spot or if I would lose and hand it over to Brian. I was able to hold on and win my game, my seventh straight victory to close out the year after I had that rough 1-3 and three start. <laughs> so this is the 15th season in league history, Neil, and it is the fifth time now I have finished the regular season on top of the standings. No other team has more than three. And uh, bonus quiz time, pop quiz. Can you name some of the other teams? As I said, there's there's a couple that have three. Can you name the other teams? Finished on top of the standings? Yes, finished number one going into the playoffs. It's a brain teaser. Joe McCarthy and me? Uh, you have done it three times, so you're at the top. Brian Bertone? Brian, oh, damn. Three okay. times. Uh, I, knew he, I, was, uh, I knew I had done it. That's why you asked me the question. Yeah, had he unseated me, he uh, it would have been his fourth time. It would have tied me. Instead, I got my fifth. So he had three. Paul has actually done it twice. And then uh, Ken Baker and Joe McCarthy, as you mentioned, each had one time finishing on top of the standings. So there you go. Fun trivia. Joe made the playoffs a lot. Yeah, Joe made the playoffs. The volume was there. Yeah, the volume. And then one last kudos. Those are the playoff teams. As for the non-playoff teams, kudos out to Matt. I mean, look. Yeah. It was a rough year for for him. No, seriously. He had everything stacked against him, and he had no one to blame but himself. For having everything stacked against him. But he had a great draft. That was the problem. Yeah, exactly. was like he suddenly managed to cobble together a team and then just got margined out like in six games. Of course. And then the I beat him by point two. I barely edged out a victory over him. And then, of course, the kicker fiasco. Yeah. We oh, yeah, the Jake Elliott heartbreaker, saddest oh. fantasy game of all time game. That, oh, God, Jake Elliott. But he managed to finish the year on a two-game win streak. So not only does he avoid becoming the worst record of all time, but he didn't even tie the worst record of all time that was already in place. And uh, on go. top of that, he finished ninth in scoring because of that huge two last two weeks he had. So I don't even think he can even be in the conversation for worst team ever. No, no, because he scored too many points at that yeah. point. Like he didn't even finish in the bottom in the bottom third. So considering where we uh, we were just a couple weeks ago, good good for him in the end, to uh, to right the ship a little bit at the end. And now, suddenly, he's the hottest team going into the lottery bracket. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding, with Dion Lewis and like people that he went and spent some of his money on. Like, uh, he made some nice pickups. So here we go, updating the power rankings, final power rankings of the year. Brian stayed on top to finish the season number one. Top three remained the same. I was also two, you stayed at three. David Flynn moved up a spot to four. Flip-flop in places with Flynn Jr. at 5. Flynn Sr. and Paul flip-flopped. Sr. up to 6. Paul down to 7. Sandman up a spot to 8. Kevin up 1 to 9. First time all year he wasn't 8 yeah, or 10. Making the playoffs. First, making the playoffs. Yeah, first time all year he wasn't 8 <laughs> or 10. He got up to 9. Rated, rated number 9. Going to the playoffs. Tony drops two spots to 10. And as they have been all year, Lisa and Matt, 11 and 12. So bringing down the playoff teams, as I said, I finished on top, clinched the number one seed with a first-round bye. I feel my team's pretty balanced top to bottom. I've got good depth on the bench in case anything were to happen to my starters. But what always comes for me is it always comes down to the debate of can I win a title with consistency or is it all boom or bust? Because I have the consistency to score about 130 points a week. The question is, is that going to be enough, or do I have to have boomer bust guys to get me up into the 170s to compete with, like, Brian and Mr. Flynn's rosters? So only time will tell. As for Brian, as I mentioned, clinched the number two seed, also first round by. He's probably the favorite. He has multiple games over 170 points this year. He has. Uh, he's also laid some duds. The boomer bust mentality. Like I said, that's what it's going to come down to. Is it consistency or boomer bust? Consistency is great for regular season, but it's the boomer bust, I feel like, that tends to uh, to win you titles. 
So there have been weeks when he's left the door open. Teams have capitalized. That's how he got his three losses. Will that happen again twice in the playoffs is the question now. Mr. Flynn in the three seed, because of the tiebreaker on points scored, he was uh, one of three teams to finish seven and four. For him, it's all about the Steelers. <laughs> we, we, pre- we pretty much knew we switched from Packers to Steelers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, last week he had 120 points on Thursday night football from his four Steelers, and we joked, oh, God, he could set the scoring record. His team could just rack it. And he didn't even fit. He was third in the week for scoring. He, he had 25 points from his five other players combined. Now, granted, he didn't have Christian McCaffrey out there at his RB2. So that yeah, improves him slightly, but still, it, it's the Steelers and everyone else on that roster. How they go, he goes. That's pretty much it. There's one game you got to watch every week when you play Mr. Flynn, and it's whoever the Steelers are playing. As for you, Mr. Smith, four seed again because of the tiebreaker. You were a team decimated by injury that rose from the ashes like a phoenix, <laughs> make an unexpected playoff run. The injury issues were still there with Larry Fitz and his QB situation. That's kind of scary. The inconsistency from the tight end, which is mainly just you picking the wrong one on a weekly basis. And then the uh, the inconsistency from the other I got it receivers. right last week, thank you. Yeah. I got it right last week. It was just all bad. But Jarek McKinnon has been a surprise with uh, the injury to Dalvin Cook. And then in that, uh, that same time frame I mentioned, Alvin Kamara, steal of the century, in that time frame I was talking about earlier with Kareem Hunt, remember the first three weeks of the year? Since week four in that same time frame, Alvin Kamara has been the number two running back in fantasy. He's so, a beast. I've been saying it since he was at college. I've been on him since he was coming in. Yeah, was we, all we, all, we had him in the preseason. Yeah, We've been saying it, been saying it forever. Yeah, Alvin the fact Kamara that you got is, him away from Matt is still mind-boggling to me. I was convinced that was going to be one of his keepers, but no. It's one of my keepers. No. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> now we're just all screwed. But uh, so. but uh, I will say, as I told you off air, is all I want to say about my team, which is this may be the team that I am most proud of that I've ever had in, in any fantasy football league over the decade, 12 years <laughs> or so of playing. Because this is a team that was written off and left for dead and through spending a heroic amount of cash <laughs> and and having to turn over rocks. I cobbled together a 7-4 and four season to take the four seed with David Johnson and Danny Woodhead going out in like the week first one, quarter yeah. of the first week. So <laughs> I, I, I don't really, to be honest with you, this is one of those seasons where I'm playing with house money. That uh, it's, it's it's house money at this point. So yeah. I hope I, I you know you always want to win a title, and it, as I always say, you just want to get there and see and figure it out and see what happens. I'll be honest. After looking at Brian's team, I, I feel so great about that. <laughs> but uh, but I I I have been I've been astounded by how this the the players on my team have been able to turn it around. So it's been been one hell of a weird weird year. Well, I mean, you want to talk about spending a heroic amount of money. Here comes David in the five seed. What was once the Brady and Hogan show quickly turned into the Deshaun Watson and Hogan show and then right back into the Brady and Melvin Gordon show. So look, he's always relying on just two studs to carry him. And when Chris Hogan gets back, it'll obviously bolster his lineup because he'll have three players they have to worry about. But even then, will it be too little and or too late? I mean... He only made the one move at the deadline to acquire Melvin Gordon, which certainly helped him. It obviously didn't hurt him, you know, but it, it helped him. But then he blew basically everything he had on Jamal Williams from his fab budget. So now, he, no more trades. Basically, he's going to get outbid on everything through his fab. He's got no help coming. It's just the, the roster he's got is what he's got at this point, and what he's got is three guys that can help him try to, to carry him to a title. And with how these other teams are stacked top to bottom, I just I find it hard to believe. It would be one of the more surprising outcomes I think I've ever seen in league history if you were to pull this out in the end. It's going to be tricky. <laughs> <laughs> As for uh, Kevin, Mr. McCarthy in the sixth seed, I already mentioned first ever back-to-back playoff appearances for him. He is our reigning league runner-up. Look, he's got a deadly team. 
for the title rounds because in week 16, 17, that's when he'll get Zeke back. So if he survives to make it to the championship, now you have to deal with the one-two punch of Zeke and Leonard Fournette in his lineup, which is what made his team so scary to begin with. The question, however, that he has to answer is who fills in as his RB2 until then? Who's the guy that's going to carry him into that Week 16 championship showdown? And, I mean, at this point, I would probably think it's Duke Johnson, right? Or waiver claiming something and hitting a home run with it because it pretty much is Duke Johnson and Rex Burkhead. Yeah. That's what's available. Sure. So. No. And that just takes us right into this week's games. I mean, number three, Mr. Flynn taking on number six, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, you got Matt Stafford on Kevin's side against Minnesota on Thursday, as we talked about. Stefan Diggs in that same game. Leonard Fournette Sunday against Arizona is a decent matchup. Duke Johnson against Cincinnati. Mike Evans against Atlanta, which you like. Jimmy Graham against San Francisco. How could you not like that? Golden Tate against Minnesota again Thursday. Then the Bengals against Cleveland again. How could you not like that matchup? (laughs) And Justin Tucker against Houston. And on the other side, you already know what it is. It's the Steelers and everybody else. Roethlisberger, Bell, Brown, and the Steelers D against Green Bay on Sunday mm-hmm. Night Football. I like their chances, as no, we talked about. <laughs> McCaffrey, it's frustrating. McCaffrey against it's the very Jets. Frustrating. Amari Cooper against Denver is a rough matchup. Not just because you know Denver has played them well in the past, and because Denver has played as a good secondary in the past, but Amari Cooper just hates catching the football which is pretty much his whole job. (laughs) Evan Ingram on Thursday night against Washington. Jack Doyle back to the double tight end, going up against Tennessee, and then Graham Gano kicking. So as I said... I mean, he's got the Steelers' D projected for a 16 on here. So that's aggressive. (laughs) I mean, sure, it's aggressive, but I did just get a 29 from the Ravens' D. So... That's okay. That's true. I don't know. Uh, well, I don't know. This is tough. I mean, it's going to have to be Duke Johnson, I would think. Because how could you go? Why would you want to go back yeah. to Rex Burkhead? If you're, look, if I'm you? Kevin, yeah, this lineup is fine. I would keep it as is. Like I said, you're just hoping that the Steelers lay an egg. The, I mean, not that the, the Packers can win that game in any stretch or even keep it competitive, but just that Roethlisberger just keeps turning it over. Bell doesn't do a lot. <laughs> That they just, they for whatever reason, give James Conner a ton of touches. You know what I mean? Like, none of them end up in the end zone. If they score, it's on, like, well, I can't even say punt returns because he's got the friggin' defense, too. I don't even know. I know. Like, field goals. Yeah, it's got to be, like, five James <clears throat> Conner rushing touchdowns. That's it. And <laughs> field goals. Yeah, and field goals. No. I don't know. McCa- like I said, that's, McCaffrey that's against the Jets one. is a tough matchup, I think. Tougher than it would seem. Uh, and then Cooper, an 11.2, it, it seems like would be a low number for Cooper, but I think I, he'll still struggle to hit that. It's just you're expecting a 20 out of Roethlisberger, a 20 out of Brown, and a 22 out of Bell. Yeah, if he gets it, there's a great chance he wins the game. It's just if he doesn't get it, then that's it. Right. That's it. That's all. Because like, Kevin is projected just to hit 130 points, roughly. Mm. And looking at it, I can believe it. Like his projections actually read and scan is like very yeah. doable given what the matchups are and who the players are. Right. It's basically Whereas a Mr. fifteen Flynn, like point saying, projection difference. And those fifteen points will come from Sunday night against Green Bay. That's it. That's it's those four points. So literally it's if each of those guys just scores four points less than their projection. Kevin wins that game. One would think, because I would think that Kevin's actually got a decent chance of running up 130 points this yeah. week. And then the other matchup, yourself hosting number five, David. He's got Tom Brady against Miami. God. Melvin Gordon my, against my Dallas. <laughs> and then Chris Hogan, who's questionable, still don't know if he's going to play in that game or not, also against Miami. But then again, outside of those three... It's Frank Gore against Tennessee, Devin Funches against the Jets, Fedorowicz against Baltimore, Orleans Darkwa against Washington, the Eagles D against Chicago, and Harrison Butker, the legend of Harrison Butker. 
against Buffalo. You've got Matt Ryan currently penciled in there. I don't know if you have another option or not. Uh, at the moment, not a legitimate one. But to be honest with you, it's Tampa Bay. There's no way I'm not playing Matt Ryan sure. this week. Come on. And then McKinnon and Kamara, as I already alluded to earlier. You've got Doug Baldwin and Michael Crabtree. Fitz as your flex. Jared Cook, the Cardinals D against Jacksonville and Will Lutz. Subject to change some of these things. Yeah, Cardinals D I don't know about. Cardinals D is probably not happening. This, then, this, waivers have yet to run. Yeah. So Cardinals D is probably not happening. That's true. And, I, I forget we're doing this on Tuesday. And uh and that that is that's a good point. And uh and I also have Danny Woodhead, who I waxed poetic about earlier. So Yeah, play him over a, Fitz against Jacksonville. I which would make consider sense. it. Yeah. You would consider it. Uh, it's definitely something I'm noodling around with. Or Crabtree against Denver. I don't like that matchup either. I hate some of these matchups, and there's a chance that one of these guys gets sat down for Danny Woodhead, which, again, on paper is a bad matchup, but in real life I don't think is actually a bad matchup at all. It's, I think it's that's what they're going to do. poison. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. It's a dice roll with a couple of these. Because you have to play two and, of Crabtree, Fitzgerald, and Woodhead, who all have bad matchups in bad situations. It's just which two do you like more? And for you, that's tough because you you have a bromance with all three of them. So. Yep. Somebody's gonna get left in the cold, and I get a five point advantage. And I don't mean to discount David, but as we said, as as just like his brother, <laughs> it all is Tom Brady. It all comes down to yep. Tom Brady. If Tom Brady just for whatever reason doesn't have a good game, he's in deep trouble. He's finally gonna have to play Frank Gore, by the way, which right. I feel like we should also point out like i can't believe it he's gonna play frank gore so he still could swap in matt forte <laughs> don't he could don't just assume he's got jamal williams he the could. 138 dollar man on his bench don't don't assume right. that won't go in there so we'll we'll see anything's possible i mean it's it this is going to be an interesting game because it's all going to come down to tom brady however this is always a weird one with the thanksgiving games too right and then uh of course it is now the postseason into the playoffs so we will get into our our season awards and this week we have the easiest one that you all already know it's the scoring champion mr brian bertone congratulations brian yep after coming so close last year when not making the playoffs he get he clinches it this year 1490 for uh, his point total sixth highest all time however it is the lowest since 2014 so uh again the last few seasons we've had some dramatic scores going up ahead of him next week we will announce the comeback player of the year and the finalists for said award are brian bertone kevin sandman and steve flynn senior so one of those three gentlemen will be winning our 2017 comeback player of the year that is next week's award announcement any uh parting words parting notes for you neil heading into the holiday here just be safe and make sure you watch sure. that uh that Saints Rams game. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the one. I mean, if you watch game. no other game, if you watch no other games this week, just watch that one. You may, I mean, that, when it gets one. to the late afternoon, you may just want to switch over to that broadcast on Fox and then just turn off the red zone and check the box. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Because the three other games they're putting on in that time slot are not good. Yeah. So, it, at all. They're just going to be very poor so you may just want to watch that one game which is weird because we normally don't recommend that no <laughs> but this week it's just the way the schedule seems to work because man I, i'm looking forward to that game though i really am it's gonna be that that one's gonna be good no oh, yeah absolutely yeah as you said everybody be safe be responsible wednesday of course the busiest drinking day of the year so be yes. on the extra high alert just uh yeah everybody be safe we want to keep all the subscribers we've got so uh nobody do anything stupid enjoy the holiday enjoy uh time with friends and family and gorging yourself on food and football and then uh black friday try to stomp a couple of people on your way to a flat yeah, screen yeah, television yeah. yeah if that's what you're into sure. if, if that's what you're about yep go for it and then uh yeah sunday some one decent game and a bunch of mediocrity and horribleness so which is good because I mean you could sleep in, have a sandwich, nice you know get something to drink, sit settle in. Got to go back to work the next day anyway. You know, get that one game in. 
<laughs> enjoy the one game and then just be sad about the rest of it. It'll be rough. But yeah, like I said, enjoy the holiday, everybody. And uh, we will be back regular time Wednesday next week. Yeah, have a good week. Until then, keep up the nonsense. Music for the Important Nonsense Podcast is provided by Lee Rosevear, Lame Genie, and Tri Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.